All right, ladies and gentlemen, what is going on? You got Robert Sykes, Keto Savage here, and it's been a while since the last podcast, so I've got a special guest to make up for lost time today. We have Crystal Faye Love, who is the owner and founder of Crystal Love Coaching and Crystal Love Fit on Instagram, and she is a ketogenic athlete who's kind of venturing into powerlifting, trains bodybuilding-like, and she's also my girlfriend. She's pretty cool. And I'm excited to have her here today. I haven't been too public with the relationship stuff. We're going to keep this pretty professional. Um, it is relevant because she is ketogenic. She is a female. She is an athlete. There's a lot of valuable information she's going to be able to bring to the table. We're going to dive into the, into the details about eating disorders and all kinds of good stuff. So sit back, relax, and enjoy yourselves. So without further ado, let's introduce Crystal Faye Love. Go ahead. How you doing, Crystal? Good. How about yourself, Robert? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. So tell me, tell me about, just give everybody some background as to why you're even here talking on this podcast in the first place. Um, well, first of all, I think mostly just because I do the keto diet. I've had ups and downs with diets. Um, and also with the keto diet, just being a female and having hormones and um, carb cravings and all of that. And I also am into powerlifting, weightlifting. Um, I think that kind of goes into a lot of um, kind of what you do and what people would be mostly interested in, especially females, because there's not a lot of females out there who do keto and lift. Yeah, it's kind of like, I I get a lot of inquiries about how it affects females, and I I can tell them a lot based off of what I've experienced from what you've told me, Mm -hmm. but since I am not a female, there's limited information I can speak on from experience. Um, Well, tell, tell everybody a little bit about what got you into you know, health and fitness in the first place, because that's not how it always started out, is it? (laughs) No. Um, Actually, I was very active as a um, teenager. I played a sport every season, and then as I finished high school, kind of went into the college phase, but I I went to community college, um, and then I kind of just took some time off and during that time off I had a very unhealthy lifestyle and um, during that period I kind of got I got sick um, with something I didn't really know um, why I was sick Um, I just had a lot of like intestinal and gastrointestinal issues um, and I didn't know how to fix it and the only thing I could think of was to be um, active in the gym and start eating healthier. Um, I had doctors put me on crazy different diets and um, and then I also met you. I met Robert and that was a huge encouragement to kind of go into um, into the gym. So I got myself a trainer and I said I'm just going to do this. I'm going to get healthy for myself because I didn't really have anybody else who had my back. So it's something I was going to change in my life. I just had to do it. I had to do it myself. Um, so I started lifting and I started losing weight 
and seeing results and seeing um, like my muscle uh, maturing and getting my you know my arms got bigger and I just got really excited because I started actually not only feeling better in my health but looking better and never knowing that like I I could actually look the way I wanted to right right well you might you might have I know it's kind of a, a dark time in your life but you might have to really kind of just flesh out the earlier uh, months when when you were really at your lowest I guess and is that okay or no yeah yeah I think I think uh, it would be beneficial for the audience because like I, I've seen it firsthand from you but I think it'd be cool for them to have a scope as to how bad it got with like just kind of go into more of your medical conditions and what it prevented you from doing and um because there'd be days where you'd just be like in so much pain mm-hmm. and I would be totally unknowing as to why or what I could possibly do to help. So just kind of dive into that more. Like what what are the medical conditions? Okay. Um, so I, right now, I have found out finally what is wrong with me. Um, I have gastroparesis. Um, I have it pretty severe. I um, process at about 4% if you know anything about gastroparesis. Um, I have... Also, IBS because it irritates my bowels. Real quick clarification. Gastroparesis mm-hmm. being processing 4% in your stomach. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you... Tell them about that test that you took where they put the, the numbers in there. <laughs> okay. Um, well, there's two separate ones. The first one was for the actual stomach. And that one, you actually eat the food that they give you. And a lot of times, it's um, toast with an egg and the egg has some sort of dye or something that they're able to read on a scan and you lay there for an hour and a half and they watch how quickly the food empties your stomach. Um, When at at an hour and a half, if it has not processed enough, they will give you a type of medication that will help increase the processing. So, at that point, I had not processed enough, so they gave me this medication, and I laid there for, gosh, I think another hour, and when I left, of course, they couldn't tell me anything, but my doctor called me back and said, you just have an extremely slow stomach, like you process at 4% of the average person, so pretty much they just wanted to put me on like a liquid diet, and it was literally like diabetes on a list is what they wanted me to eat like just plain sugar like I couldn't have fiber I couldn't have um chunks of meat I can't have raw vegetables I can't you know they just wanted me to puree everything and have shakes all the time and and like all sugar-based shakes yeah it was all sugar which I'm gonna interject here just just for a moment like it's crazy to me that our medical professionals who we're relying on to point us in the right direction, we're recommending to you to just consume pretty much nothing but this fast digesting sugary substances. That they wanted you to have the sugar because I mean it it does digest quickly and your stomach was processing slowly, but I mean that's like fixing the short term, not the long term. I mean, if, imagine if you were to just consume that type of diet for years and years and years. I mean, you would have diabetes or some kind of you know severe medical condition from not having the right nutrition right yep and like with this like issue that I have anyways like you don't your body doesn't absorb all the nutrients it needs anyway so if you're absolutely not putting any in other than sugar you're not going to get any right yeah that's crazy yeah 
Um, so you pretty much threw their advice out the window. Yes, I sure did. Yep. I did you're trial. definitely not doing that now. Yeah, no, I did trial and error. And they actually told me, like, stay away from fat. Fat's going to be awful for you. It's going to digest ex- extremely slowly. Um, and after trying their diet, you know, I, I had to stay on that for a little bit just to see if it would help. It didn't really help. It got a little bit better, and then it kind of got worse again. And that, that's when we went back and we did the number test. Mm-hmm. So um, at that point, we thought, okay, well, it's not just in my stomach. It's actually in my uh, small intestine as well. So they did, they give you a pill every other day, I believe it is. And each one, each pill has like these tiny little numbers in it. It's like one, two, and three. That way they can track in your intestines as well. And also, I pretty much have gastroparesis, but it's also in my intestines as well. Um. So, so it goes by the same name for both your stomach and no, intestines? No, it's like a tr- slow transit. Um, they call it a lazy colon. Um, I mean, there's tons of different names for it, but it's just it's where your muscles just don't work properly and that with that, that nerve doesn't send signals correctly. So like if you were to eat something, like just a standard, um, everything that just at different rates, but if you were just to eat something, how long does it take your, your body from start to finish to process that? I honestly, I, I broke it down at one point, but I can't remember, but I remember it being something crazy, like a day or two longer than the average person. Yeah, that's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. And when you eat, especially when you eat fibrous foods or carbohydrates specifically, because there's been a couple times where you've kind of got off keto and had a fiber or a uh, carbohydrate-based meal, mm-hmm. how does that affect you? It's miserable. Like so? I just bloat extremely bad. Like I, it's the, I look horrible. <laughs> I look like I'm pregnant and I'm not. That, um, what what causes that? It's just the like. So most of the time, the problem is like the fiber. The fiber causes your. Um, it it's actually digested slower and it causes inflammation. So. If, also with carbs, I'm not sure what it is about carbs, but I actually didn't find out until I started keto that carbs make me extremely sensitive, and I don't, I'm not sure if it's just the fiber in it or if it's that the whole grains in it digest slower or, or what it is, but it also just causes inflammation, so you yeah. expand. But a lot of times, I I can't fully tell if I'm full, so I will, just because of that nerve interaction with my brain and my stomach, it can't really tell me all the time whether I'm full or not. Um, so I, I'll eat, I'll overeat, and then that will cause me to, you know, have pain in my stomach because I'm so full, and have indigestion and all of that fun stuff. So it's kind of like when it rains, it pours. It's mm-hmm. it's uh you get all symptoms all at once. It seems. Yeah, and. A lot of times if I have a slip up and I overeat or, you know, I eat a carb or whatever, I am paying for it for days because it takes that much longer to get out of my system than the average person. I'm still paying for it, you know, days later. And it's not just like a normal stomach ache. Like, like I would say you have a pretty high pain tolerance, but then, I mean... I'll see you like you'll eat something that you won't know will react you negatively with you, and then I'll look over and you'll just be like just 
cuddled up mm-hmm. in, in tears, basically. Yep. Because so, there's nothing you can do except for just wait for it to pass. Yeah, that's that's nuts. Not good. What what's uh what have you found to be the most um I don't know, I guess preventative methods to minimize the negative effects? Um keto. Keto? <laughs> yeah. Is that is that what you mean? Yeah, or just not I mean I'm not trying to like do a sales pitch for keto. I, I here. know, but honestly, like I mean we I the first time I tried keto I didn't think that it helped. Yeah. And then I went back to carbs and I felt worse. And then I waited a little while and I went back to keto. Um, I mean, just watching what I eat, I used to never count like my calories, my macros, anything like that. And I would overeat all the time because I thought I was hungry. Um, but I actually, I, I wasn't. It was just that signal again. Um, so, you know, counting what's going in and out of my body... Um, also I do do a liquid meal every day. I do a shake in the middle of the day and that helps kind of break up my meals or I will do like a little bit of fasting in the morning to kind of let everything digest a little bit longer before I put more solid into it. It it has been crazy like the journey because we've literally like picked apart her diet so many different times to see Mm -hmm. what kind of you know variable we can change or switch and I think we finally got it down pretty good now. There's a yeah. couple of days that are worse than than others. Um, Trying to find time. like the fibrous thing. We, that's what we got to yeah. figure out now. Broccoli. Too much broccoli does not sit well with her. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, <laughs> we won't go into the details there. But yeah, too much broccoli can be dangerous for for her. <laughs> um, so let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about your not necessarily like your health conditions, but just your mental um, switch, I guess, because you didn't always have an active role in the gym, and that was triggered by the health conditions. But I mean, you want to talk at all about like your unhealthy lifestyle and unhealthy tendencies that, that you were having before starting, you know, just like kind of like the switch? Like, I'd call on you to have eaten a whole box of pizzas and just uh, not been in the gym ever, you know? Yeah. Want to go into details on that? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I was really unhealthy, like extremely unhealthy. Um, I didn't watch anything that I ate. I didn't even know what macros were. <laughs> and, I, I mean, I just, I didn't didn't care. I didn't want to know. Um, I just was, like, happy being miserable, I guess. Um, and then that's when it kind of switched over was I knew I was never going to get better yeah. by just continuing that lifestyle. Um, I definitely would eat like an entire sleeve or two of saltine crackers with like half a jar of peanut butter every night. Yeah. Um, with a black tea that probably had, gosh, a fourth a cup of sugar in it. I mean, it was disgusting. And burritos. And that was like, Can't forget burritos. Yeah. Oh my gosh, burritos. Yeah. I have a thing for burritos. Yeah. Um, I still do, and I'm not allowed to have them because <laughs> it's not keto approved, but I still crave them. Um, what else? What else? Do I, need? I mean, you were smoking. Oh, yeah. Yep. I smoked. I smoked a lot. Yeah. I mean, just mm-hmm. every, anything. And the sad thing is that that's when you compare that lifestyle to what you see out there today by the general public, I mean, that's kind of like the 
the norm. You know, I mean, what you just described is nothing like bad compared. I mean, it's it, it's bad compared to like other athletes, but I mean, that's kind of like the norm when you look at the general public. Yeah. Um, and you look at how unhappy you were then versus where you're at now in life. It's it's yeah. crazy. It is crazy. I mean, even at that point in my life, like I would hide things from certain people. You know, like. like like, I would hide smoking from my family because I didn't want them to know. Um, I would, you know, hide... Well, I guess I wouldn't hide food because I wasn't really... I was kind of more proud that I could eat it and <laughs> still not be fat. <laughs> yeah, you were, like, skinny, I was, unhealthy I fat. was really, like... Yeah, I was a skinny, unhealthy fat. And I it was not attractive. But I just thought, well, I can still fit in a size whatever pair of jeans I was. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I, I mean, I was, it was pretty bad. And the people that I surrounded myself with, they did the same thing. So I didn't think anything of it. I mean, we drank mm, five or six nights a week. And I mean, it, it wasn't like I was getting drunk every night, but I would definitely have wine or, um, you know, vodka, a couple beers. And I mean, all of that is, I mean, that has tons of sugar in it. I mean, alcohol is just not really great for you in that large of a amount anyways. Um, and then just like for that to be the thing that you look forward to in the day, that's not worth it. The thing that I look forward to in the day now is, you know, going to the gym and getting my high off of what lift I can get heaviest today. It is, it is crazy. (laughs) Like the, you've done like a pretty much a 180 shift. I'm pretty, Mm -hmm. pretty impressed for sure. Yeah. Um, cause you've been doing it now, you've been in the gym for almost two years now? Almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's... And, and it's not that I hadn't touched the gym before, I just, I would go, like, it's my a lifestyle, lifestyle yeah, it's completely a lifestyle change. Cause now you're in the gym every day, like six mm-hmm. days a week usually. Yep. And then cardio abs and the weight training. Yep. Um, pre- preparing all your food in advance. Mm-hmm. all ketogenic all within your macros <clears throat> um yeah that's that's a far cry from the lifestyle you previously lived for sure yeah and some people you know like they see that either i'm with you or you know whatever and they they wonder like can someone really change that quickly yes someone can change that quickly depending on what's wrong with them or what they feel like they have to change, they can change it as quickly or as slowly as they choose to. I it mean, really is a decision. I mean, like, yeah. there's nothing holding you back. It's, uh, you either want it or you don't. And you could, yeah. I mean, you can, like, quit something cold turkey. You can start something cold turkey. It's just, yep. how bad do you want it? Yeah. I mean, and I think all of my sicknesses, they also, I mean, I was depressed. I was miserable. And... I knew that I couldn't live that way either, you know? Everything kind of, like, feeds off of each other, and and there was only one way to change it all, is you know exercise gives you endorphins that make you happier, you know? Yeah. You know that eating healthier is going to help your body, and, I mean, it really, everything does feed off of each other, and that was a big lesson that I had to learn, and now I've just, like, taken it to the extreme. And it was all... I mean, you were self-motivated. I mean, you have to be self-motivated to do that. I mean, you can't have, like, I'm certainly not the one. Like, I I, I help you, but I was not the one that got you in. We weren't even talking yeah. when you decided to, to make this lifestyle change. That's right. I did it all, all of myself. 
Yeah, it's but, impressive. you know, when you, when you were in my life, it was only an encouragement. Yeah. You know, someone to live the similar lifestyle I was already choosing to live. What what advice would you give to to somebody that was that is in a similar situation to what you current or previously were? Like how would you I mean, obviously they have to be self motivated, but what would you say to them, um, you know, to kinda of like give them the push they need? I think the thing that I've thought of the most recently is in 20 years from now, you get to tell this story, the one that you're living in the moment. What story do you want to tell? Yeah, that's you know, good. I want my story to be the one where I kicked my own butt in the gym and I you know, reached all the goals that I wanted to. And not just in the gym, but in life. You know, I want to be successful. And that's in life and love and... Um, in health, it's in everything. It's... Has there been a lot of carryover from everything that you've done and learned in fitness uh, to the other aspects of your life? Um, what do you mean? Like for me, I always talk about how bodybuilding, you know, the lessons I learned in bodybuilding, you know, patience, determination, hard work, discipline, mm-hmm. like all that just is just so relevant in every other aspect of life, you know, business, relationships. Everything like are there tangibles that you've had and kind of like become more in tune with from training and nutrition that have carried over into other areas of your life? Yeah, I mean, I think it, like kind of like I said before, it just it all goes together. I don't yeah. know um, like any specifics. I can't think of any specifics right now, but I mean, everything literally does carry over. Yeah, it's all symbiotic. Huh? Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, well, cool. What do you want to talk about now? I don't know. You don't know? Let's see. Talk about, talk about, uh, keto and females. Let's, let's dive into that. So, mm-hmm. um, and just like totally get into the weeds here. I mean, this is, it's all health. So, I mean, it is, it is what it is. So just really dive into the details about how keto and females are, are affected. I think keto can be wonderful for females. Um, I have definitely had my ups and downs with it. Um, your hormones are uh, kicked off of, uh, carbs. I mean, it's just a thing with females and, and there are some of us out there that it, carbs will not be a bother to them. Um, but for me, I still have, even to this day, I have carb cravings. Um, when I am... Going from just having a normal carb-based diet over to keto because I've had a couple of slip-ups. Um, during that next, I don't know, whatever, three or four weeks of going into ketosis, I crave carbs like crazy. And it's all the sugary carbs that, oh gosh, it's horrible. Um, I, I don't know what what else you want me to kind of dig I think, into? I, I mean, I, I've females, had a lot of ups and downs with it. Yeah, I, I think females take a little bit longer to adapt on mm-hmm. average than men. And I'm not sure why that is. I don't know if, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's hormone-based or I, I don't know. But uh, it seems that, that men are able to adapt a little faster mm-hmm. on average than women. So, 
you have that going against you, plus you have the yeah. hormones going against you. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know, it's, 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 uh, it's kind of difficult to get women fully adapted and then just stay motivated through all the ups and downs and the carb cravings. Yeah. Um, so how, how does, how does like, uh, your cycle as a female, how is that affected by keto and the lack of carbs? Well, I mean, for me, now that I'm adapted and everything, I feel fine. It's just completely normal. It doesn't um, have any effect on you now that you've been adapted for a while? No, not really. I mean, it's been, it's great. It's, I don't have a problem with it. But previously, I mean, it was the hormones. But, um, I mean, there was... I don't know how much into detail you want me to go here. Um, I can edit it. Whatever I need to edit. <laughs> Um, I mean, it was definitely, I was definitely, like, irregular, um, like, during the process of kind of switching from carbs into, um, more of a fat. Um, I I mean, I think my hormones were probably the craziest thing. I was kind of not a very nice person all the time. Yeah, you were pretty much just crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I think a lot of that happened, like, the first time... Yeah, I think so too. I think, uh, and and that's true with with both with both sexes. If you switch on and off, uh, you know, from keto to carbs and then back to keto, the more you do it, the the more efficient your body seems at being able to get back into ketosis. Um, so yeah, I agree. I think the first time you went into ketosis, you were I was a lot more emotional than the second time. Yeah, I was kind of a beast the first time. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's it's interesting. So I think for any women that are trying to get into ketosis or follow the ketogenic lifestyle, it's important not to just have a bad experience on round one and then oh, yeah. just throw it up and say this isn't for me. Yeah, just and don't whatever you do, don't eat carbs. Just keep like stick with it. Decide that this is what you're going to do. Stick with it. Stay strong through the ups and the downs and the frustrations and everything. Whoever you're with or around, family, friends, you can explain to them nicely that, you know, this is what you're going through. Um, But just don't give up on it because you're going to probably want to try it again. And you're going to have to go through the same thing. So just stick with it. Are there any kind of like uh, hacks so to speak, that you can incorporate to make it a little easier to get through those hard times? Is there any foods to eat or just tips or tricks? Uh, well, now, I've gosh, before I had no idea, but now I would probably say those miracle, the miracle rice and the miracle noodles. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because those actually, those, like, fill you up and they make you feel good and they actually make you kind of feel like you're eating a carb. Um... I actually, I'm kind of on top of, like, making goodies. Yeah. And, like, whatever I crave in, you know, whether it's a pastry or a really nice, like, meal, I can make that keto style, you know? So, like, the other day I made raspberry oat bars because I saw a raspberry oat bar and I really wanted it. So I went home and I just made it. I made no-bake cookies. Like, you just have to improvise for whatever it is that you want. You have to... Just make it. Put the time. Put the time aside to make it. 
to be healthier for your body rather than giving in to something that, you know, isn't going to be good for you, isn't going to be good for you in that moment, and then it's going to set you back in your, you know, transition over to ketosis. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, <clears throat> some people, I, I, I made a comment on this the other day, but some people just stop the keto diet because they're like, oh, I can't think of enough foods that yeah. are keto approved or I can't find anything that works on keto. Like, there is literally a substitute for every single thing that is not mm-hmm. keto. There's a substitute for that is keto. Like, you can spend 10 minutes on Pinterest and have your recipes planned for the year. I mean, yeah. there's no no shortage of ketogenic foods. So, I have very... I don't have very much sympathy for the people that just throw their hands up and say there's not enough food options. Yeah. I mean, there's people that say, oh, so you eat eggs and cheese? You're like, and a whole lot more stuff. Yeah. Like, you just have to be willing to look into it, you know. It literally, you sit, type in keto meals and so much stuff pops up. And easy stuff that you already have in your house. Yeah, and since there's really not that many different ingredients in a lot of keto foods, mm-hmm. they're it's actually pretty easy to make. Yeah. I mean, you throw three or four things together and bam, you got a meal. Yeah. And it's like a healthy meal that you don't have to feel guilty about eating. Yep, absolutely. So, that's so. a plus. Um, well, let's let's switch gears again and go into... Uh, let's just talk about eating disorders. Let's go right into them. I mean, you've, you've had them. You struggle with them. I've had them. I've struggled with them. Um... I think, you know, it's a hard subject to talk about because it, it's kind of a weakness per se, mm-hmm. but I think it's something that would benefit the listeners that are struggling, and it's just real, you know? It's there. Yep. It exists. You want to go first? You may go first. Oh, you can go ahead. I can go ahead. a lot. Well, I've... <clears throat> okay, eating disorders. So I've, I've talked about mine... Uh, a little bit in some of the other podcasts and YouTube channels and whatnot, but so basically with mine, I um, I did my first competition in college as a I believe sophomore, and I was uh, under the impression, you know, not knowing any better at the time, that I had to get really big to kind of put on muscle and bulk up, so to speak, and then cut down for my competition. So I. I was naturally, um, like 115 when I started working out, bulked up to 230 pounds, and I'm 5'7", and I was eating 6,000 calories plus a day, um, and I was in college, and I had the unlimited meal plan, so I would just like, like they lost money on me for sure, because I would eat, and eat, and eat, and then I'd prepare a bunch of like high-calorie foods, and I'd take those to class, and I'd eat that, but I mean, I would be... I would just force feed myself like way beyond the point of hunger and I would eat um, a lot of pasta, a lot of carbohydrate stuff, you know, just I'd eat those 800 calorie burritos that you buy at the gas station just because there was 800 calories in them. Um, Well, I ate so many of those like it was disgusting. Like I can't even imagine, can't even imagine opening one of those and taking a bite now. I couldn't imagine watching you. Oh, so bad. (laughs) And then uh, chocolate milk. Like I would drink so many glasses of chocolate milk that, like, I, there were so many instances in college where I would literally throw up because I could not take another bite or I could not take another sip, and I would, 
and then I would throw up. Like, I'd be in the gym, and I'd throw up. I th- I'd throw up all the time. Like, not intentionally, just, like, too full to function. Um, not healthy at all. But anyways, I got 230 pounds doing that with the intention of cutting to 200 pounds and competing at 200. Little did I know, I was still fat at 200 pounds. So I kept cutting because I wanted to come in, you know, shredded. And I came in shredded and I just like killed myself on the car. I lost 70 pounds in three months and I competed at 153. And I was lean. I was super, super lean. I was like 3% body fat. Um, but it was totally an unhealthy journey to get there. Like I did unreasonable amounts of cardio. I starved myself. Like there's a difference between being hungry. Like I'm hungry when I do a contest prep. Like that's just part of doing a contest prep. But that first one, I was starving myself. I was intaking like 1,200 calories a day, which was significantly less than you are taking in right now. Mm-hmm. And um, I would just, I would weight train every day and I'd do you know, two hours of cardio every day. I was in the gym five hours a day, plus going to school on 1,200 calories. Like, that thats that doesn't even sound healthy. Like, my biomarkers were all kind of jacked up. My hair stopped growing. Uh, I stopped using the bathroom. I mean, just everything that shouldn't happen, happened. Um, but throughout that process, like, what is my body supposed to be thinking? You know? Like, Went from 6,000 plus calories a day to 1,200 crazy intense workloads. And then, you know, you do all these water manipulations and sodium manipulations if you're not really knowledgeable, you know, the week of the competition. So my body was a sponge. And that first competition was over and we all went to Red Lobster. And I ordered like four different entrees. I got like three or four frozen lemonades, a couple desserts, and I ate and ate and ate and ate. And I woke up 20 pounds heavier 48 hours after that competition. And I looked in the mirror, and my cheeks were all filled back out, and I like had all this water retention, and I'm just looking at myself, and I'm like, man, all that hard work, and I'm fat in two days. It's all wasted, and that really messed up my head. Like I would, I would start purging, you know. I would binge eat, and then I would like not eat. I went to IHOP one day, and I ordered every pancake on the menu, and I ate them all. And then for the next three days, I would have nothing but six cans of tuna. And I would, you know, binge eat again. Then I, I, I went to a Chinese buffet one time. I, I ate every, I ate ten plates of food. And then I walked outside and I puked in the parking lot. You know, like just unhealthy, no sense of control. And then I would just guilt trip over every time I was, you know, eating. Mm-hmm. And it, it was weird. Like your body leapt into ghrelin hormones, your hunger hormones, they just like stopped working. Like I just didn't know what full felt like, what real, like I had no instinct as to what my body should or should not do or consume um so yeah that was basically my eating disorder um i still struggle with mine i mean to this current day and i think i've i you know i've i've had this struggle for a while and it comes and goes and i think 
it's just it kind of evolves as it goes um you know when I was younger I kind of just you know high school everybody was skinny and I started playing softball and I was catcher and I was constantly having to like squat because I was you know catching um and I, I started for some reason back then it was like a thing where people like talked about their weight or their like pant size like who really cares but at that time we did and the fact that I was like three pounds heavier really bothered me so wait how, how were you at this time um I think I was probably like a freshman so 14 15 okay. somewhere yeah. around there um and I honestly thought I was, like, fat. Like, my best friend was, like, just a naturally extremely skinny person. Um, and I thought I was, like, really fat. So I, I, like, wouldn't eat. And then I would, like, eat junk. Like, I would go to the vending machine and, like, get a cookie and a muffin and a pastry, and you know. But I would, like, not eat or I would just, like, not drink water because I knew, like, that was going to, like, make me all feel big um and I mean that was just kind of back then then I got more comfortable with myself and who I was and I moved away to a, you know a different town and um and then I I ended up moving again after a while and I worked in a bakery <laughs> and um, I actually, good. yeah, and I actually like learned to bake and it was really fun, and, but I was also, um, I was not living a healthy lifestyle. I was drinking and smoking and just having a good time um, while working at a bakery and I, ugh, I blew up. Like I, I got, I don't even know what my weight was at that time. I believe I was one... 40, 145, um, and for my body, that was a lot, um, I had always kind of been, like, just skinnier, um, so when I gained that weight, my sister had gotten married, and I was in her wedding, and I wore this dress, and it was, looked miserable on me, I don't even know why they let me wear it, but people actually said, like, whoa, what happened to you, because I, had moved away and they hadn't seen me and like they may not have realized how much those comments hurt me but they they I mean still stick to me stick with me till this day um I moved back once again um to the old town where I work or I lived and I went back to my old job and my boss said I didn't even recognize you so that kind of like, I don't know, all of that at the same time just like really struck me. So again, I did similar things. I just like wouldn't eat. And then I would like all day long at work, I like wouldn't eat. And then I'd go home and I'd just eat a bunch. Um, have a giant bowl of cereal every night. Um, I just, it was just, it was not good. I just, a lot, a lot more back then I would just not eat. Um, would you like? make yourself puke or anything after um I actually have a really hard time making myself puke I I've definitely tried in my life um but I I like can't like my body just doesn't does not it doesn't want stuff to go up that way <laughs> yeah um and I'd say more so recently um I have had like it's been really bad with carbs like when I'm not eating 
carbs and then I crave it and that happens a lot with me when my hormones are kind of in their cycle um, I crave it more on a, on you know specific times um, and also during that time of transitioning from carbs back to keto yeah um I yeah I just I eat Gosh, I eat. it's it's awful. It's horrible. And a lot of times it's like pastries and extremely sweet items. And this last time that I did it, I had had I hardly had any time to sleep that night anyways. And then I spent like 45 minutes in the bathroom just over the toilet because I I mean, I just was so sick. Like that sugar just hit me. Like my stomach was just in knots and and this is not good for me anyways you know like it's not good to have that binge problem but also on top of it I have gastroparesis where my stomach doesn't process food so I was just kind of my stomach was in knots but anyways I even have a problem you know just this last week I tried to cut down my calories because I wanted to get down to a certain body fat just for my own personal goals. And I put pressure on myself to make it happen. And when I start eating that little of calories, um, I think I got down to 13. Yeah, I think 13 was your lowest. Yeah, and I just... I couldn't do it. I was, like, obsessing about the thought of food I would spend so much time, like, calculating my macros. It, I mean, and just over and over and over again for the same thing that day. You know, yeah. I just obsessed about what I ate and what I could possibly maneuver. Like, oh, maybe I should remove five pecans because that's going to save me. You know, it just, it's crazy. It's a crazy obsession. Um... And it causes tension in certain areas of my life, relationships and, um, you know, just my attitude completely changes. I get into this zone of I just can't do anything but try and not eat something right now. Um, So I increased my calories and still I went went back up to 2,000 because that's kind of, oh no, yeah, I did 2,000. Not trying to go over 2,000, Yeah, right. And I was hitting 2,000 every day and then, like, sneaking food. And I don't know who I thought I was hiding from because I cannot hide from myself. But I would sneak food, so I was more so eating, like, 2,500 calories and, like, making myself believe that I was only eating 2,000. And it was just ridiculous. Um... But I would, I would have this battle in my head like the whole time just having like this internal battle. And um, I mean that, that was just you know, this last week. It's just, it's, it controls your mind. And, and I, you know, now I just have to, I don't want to delete my app because I have so much stuff saved in it. But I just have to not open it. And honestly, today, today was a struggle to not put it in there, you know? And I I know the macros so well on all of my food. I pretty much know exactly what I ate today without calculating it. It is crazy how much, I mean, you obsess over what you spend so much time on. And 
if you're tracking your macros and you're spending so much time on it, it's uh, like it's only natural for it to become like somewhat of an obsession. Like when I'm doing contest prep and I'm trying to get everything you know down as fine tuned as possible, um, and I'm spending so much time you know calculating my macros, looking at my you know macro trackers and whatnot, weighing things out. It's like you you do start to obsess about it, and it's it's an unhealthy. It can become an unhealthy obsession for sure like when I'm in the off season and I just let my body be instinctive when I'm hungry I eat when I'm not I don't it just makes so much more sense but it's hard to transition to that if you're so used to tracking everything Mm -hmm. yeah even like tonight I want to eat more I want to eat more and I've eaten so much today you know I just had dinner I just had a, a nice full dinner but I don't know the last time I felt like I could just eat because I'm hungry or not eat because I'm not hungry. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I, I wish I could remember that. Yeah, I think, I, mean, I don't know, what, what do you think? Like, what, what do you think is the best way to, to fix, fix it? Um, I mean, honestly, what I'm doing now is just to not, to not look at any apps. Do not count your macros or your calories or anything that you're intaking. Just allow yourself to do those things, and and your body will find its happy medium. I mean, if you get so full that you get sick, you're probably not going to eat that much anymore, you know? And the yeah. reason I kind of went into, like, previous stuff as well is actually being on the keto diet has helped me, and I know, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to sell it again, like, kind of like we said, but... It really has changed my life. Um, and I don't, like, I remember going to a friend's house, like, when I wasn't even dieting, having dinner there, and then on my way home, getting, going to Jack in the Box and getting, you know, like their ultimate supreme croissant breakfast sandwich and their potato wedges with bacon and cheese on it and their milkshake. And I, I mean, I would load up and I would eat it all. I'd go home, I'd put it on my show. And I would just devour it. And I had no reason to hide it from anyone. But I had just had dinner not even an hour ago. You know, I just... So anyways, moving along with that. It, being on the keto diet, if I'm not craving carbs, I don't feel it necessary to overeat. Yeah. You know, right now, I'm kind of I'm just in this zone where I'm, I'm just messed up. I, I want to eat more than my body really needs to. And once that evens out, I never feel the need to overeat. And I don't crave carbs. When I'm so far into ketosis, I don't actually crave carbs. I do crave, like, sweet stuff, but I can make all of that, you know? Yeah. I think I think um, it's, it's, it's hard for people, like, like we were talking about earlier, like, if you're so used to tracking food... You're convinced that if you don't track your food, you're going to overeat, you're going to get fat. Yeah. I think if you just don't track anything for a while, and then, you know, it, it's going to take a while for you to, like, learn to be instinctive again. Yeah. But we'll be able to, like, look at you in a couple of weeks and be like, okay, you're still not fat. Mm-hmm. Then that'll kind of be like the confirmation that you need in your head to be like, okay, I don't have to track everything. And I can still look and perform just as good, if not better. Yeah. So, that would be good. Um, well, that's eating disorders. Anything else on that? 
topic. What would you? What advice would you give for people that you know that are struggling with eating disorders currently? Honestly, since I on my own pages and blog and everything, since I've put it out there, people respond well. Like they, people, when you have something or you think that you're special or you're, you know, oh, nobody would understand. If you put yourself out there, there will be multiple other people who will respond well and that they will be your support system. I can't tell you how many people I've never met in my life who are my biggest supporters, who message me every day because they want to know how I'm doing. And, you know, we check in on each other. So, honestly, I would just find support. I mean, and, and, oops, sorry. I also have you, you know, like having you, not that you're watching me, but I can come to you. The other day I said, I just can't handle my thoughts right now. And you were able to sit down with me and, you know, calm me down. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I feel like everyone kind of needs something like that. If you don't have that or if you don't have that support system or people who don't believe you or whatever it is, Go find it because there are people out there who ha- who are struggling with that same thing or who have struggled with it and have made it through who can mentor you. Yeah, you just gotta put yourself out there and not. Yeah, it's not scary. Leave it out. It's really scary to put yourself out there because you're afraid that people are gonna judge you. But who cares about the people who judge you? They're not worth anything. Yeah. It's the people who care about you, the people who don't even know you, who care more about you than the people you actually personally know. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for putting yourself out there. It's not easy. It's not. Um. All right. Well, we've, I don't know how long how long have we been recording so far. Um. When do we start? I don't know. I don't know either. Let's uh let's let's do a, a real quick positive positive note here. Let's end on positive. Uh, let's talk about what you. What your plans are going forward with health and fitness? You know, like, I'm, I'm doing the bodybuilding. I'm doing the ketogenic bodybuilding. What what do you see in your future? Um, I've been doing bodybuilding-type workouts um, thus far. And I always kind of thought that I wanted to do, like, a figure kind of show or something like that. But kind of feeling like the, I think I've mentioned before, stage presence wasn't necessarily my thing. But I get a high when I lift heavy. <laughs> and I um, I would really like to move myself into more of a powerlifting type of workout and hopefully do a competition um, or a meet, I suppose they call them. Um, but yeah, I, I would really like to do that. And whether I do it now and make a fool of myself because everyone's lifting twice as much as me or not, um, and I wait a couple of years until I am stronger, I'm going to do it. I will do it one day because I think that that's just, that's just yeah. something that I have to try at least once in my life. Well, you're, you're, you're putting up some pretty impressive numbers now. So like you're five, five, mm-hmm. what, what's your current weight? 136. 136. And like, what are your main lifts right now? Um, bench, I'm at 135. So mm-hmm. I'm lifting my own weight. 
um, squats 225 and deadlifts 265. Yeah, that's, and those are all like you're going down all the way on your, you're going mm-hmm. down below parallel on your squats. Yes. Like you're, there's no cheating those those numbers. Those are accurate numbers. Yeah. And those are impressive numbers, I think. Especially since you don't, you're not training to get the weight. Like you're training as a, you know, bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exciting. I, yeah. I keep thinking to myself, like if I get a coach or someone who, you know, has done powerlifting, because the lifts, you know, they, they're manipulated differently mm-hmm. um, to get heavier weights, to have the range of motion that you need. Um, I'm really excited to find someone who can kind of help me do them properly for powerlifting to see if I can get any heavier. And the fact that I've only been lifting for... Not even two years yet, yeah. and I'm, you know, passing up markers that I thought I would never in my life be able to meet, is kind of awesome. No, it's, you know? it's very, very cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, and you plan on staying uh, keto throughout this whole oh, process? Yes, yes. I write like workout plans and nutrition plans. Nutrition plans with carbs, without carbs, both. But for myself, I will, I will stay keto. I mean, for my health, first and foremost, and for just because I, I think it's, it does well. It does well with my activity level. It does well with, um, you know, like the eating disorders, all of that. I mean, it's just full circle. It's the best thing I could ever do for myself. That's, that's that's cool to hear. I like mm-hmm. I like to hear that. Yeah, I like to hear those success stories of keto, especially when they're from my girlfriend for sure. <laughs> um, well, very cool. That's all exciting. I'm glad to hear all of it. What? Uh, anything else? We we covered eating disorders. We covered powerlifting. Um, yeah, we covered quite a bit. We covered mm-hmm. keto for females. Um, I'm willing to like help anybody or females who are interested to um, just getting more information I just I don't know what kind of specifics I should have gone into more or less um, but I'm definitely always like an open book so. yeah for sure where, where can people go to, to get in contact with you and find you um, you can go my Instagram is crystal love fit uh, my Facebook is crystal love coaching fitness um, and then you can go to my website, crystallovecoaching.com, and you can write in the comments or private message me, whatever, whatever you want. I'm pretty quick at getting back to people, so. Very good. Very good. Well, Crystal, it has been a pleasure. I have certainly enjoyed this podcast. Um, we'll have to do a round two after your powerlifting meet. Yep. And go over the details there. But I'm excited for what we got going on in the future with keto, with health, with nutrition, with fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're on the forefront of something big. And I think we can have a positive impact on many people's lives as we've had a positive impact on our own lives. And uh, every day is a, a journey. You know, learn something every day. And the keto community is awesome. Like, everybody is yeah. like... And it's just inspiring to see the excitement people have with it. So I'm excited for us to be able to add value to their lives. Me too. So, all right. 
That is the end of this podcast. We will sign out and talk to y'all later. All right, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. I hope y'all enjoyed that podcast. I apologize. We sounded kind of tired at the end there. We had been up late editing and whatnot, so if we put y'all to sleep, I am very truly sorry. Hopefully we did not. Um, But by all means, check out Crystal's social media channels and her website, crystallovecoaching.com. As always, check out ketosavage.com. Follow us on Instagram and YouTube, and leave us a review in iTunes. Pretty, pretty please. I will catch you all next time.